Today we're going to continue our series of Delivered because we're going to learn as we continue to go through the book of Exodus. We're just going chapter by chapter right now and we will learn that we can live when we've been delivered. And sometimes we may not even know that we need to be delivered and we're going to talk about that a little bit today. But our God is faithful to deliver us. So open your Bibles to Exodus Today, Exodus chapter 15 is where we are. Uh, Exodus chapter 15 today. I just have a question for you. Have you ever, has anybody in here ever experienced brushing your teeth and then drinking orange juice? Oh, I see some faces. I just saw some people going, obviously you've done that. There is something that happens in our mouth that when we, when we brush our teeth, there is an agent in the toothpaste that makes it foam. And that agent that makes it foam affects our taste buds so that when we drink orange juice, we don't taste the sweetness anymore. And the orange juice is just blah. I've never met anybody who is excited about brushing their teeth and drinking orange juice right after that. I think uh, if there's anybody here like that or watching or, or anyone, please call me because we need to set up a counseling session because there must be something wrong. Anybody who would want to drink <laughs> orange juice after brushing their teeth, man, your taste buds must be really, really out of whack. But let me ask you about some other things that, that you may drink or taste that's bitter. What are some things that you can think of that's bitter? Maybe coffee. Sometimes you get a hold of a cup of coffee and it's just kind of bitter. My son told me the, uh, yesterday that he likes his coffee a little bitter uh, when it's hot and sweet when it's cold. He is 14 years old. What is up with that? I'm still trying to figure out how to drink my coffee. Normally, normally, I like a little coffee with my creamer. I just pour it full of creamer. You know, I like my coffee sweet, cold or hot. Uh, so bitterness isn't something I go for in coffee normally. How about candy? Have you ever had just taken a piece of candy, stuck it in your mouth, and it caused your face to just kind of wrinkle up? Uh, I see some hands. I see some, some of you that's taking some candy, put it in your mouth, and you go, Oh, that's bitter. Oh, man. Uh, how about how about things like 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 one of these like uh, a lemon? Have you ever had a lemon just straight, just a straight lemon? I mean, I love the smell of lemon. I mean that this right here that smells just like a lemon, and it smells good. Do you do you associate clean with a lemon? I know I do. I see heads doing this. I mean, lemons are clean, right? So if, if they do good things like that and they make your tea taste better, surely this, this lemon tastes good. So I'm going to see. Can y'all just take my word for it? It's bitter. Uh, well, uh, Tim, thank you. But I think there's some people that really, uh, okay, here we go. This is a big old piece of lemon. Mmm. 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 Oh, Lord, I need to move your spirit right now. <coughs> Golly, bum. Some of my dumb ideas. You want to talk about bitter? Whoo, that lemon, it just took my breath away a little bit. That's a big hunk of lemon to get a hold of. You know, we come to things in our life 
and we get a hold of them, and if we're not careful, it will paralyze us because it will make us bitter. Because the situation is bitter, it turns and makes us bitter. Now, I want you to know, good news, just because I had some bitter lemon just then, it doesn't mean that I'm going to be bitter. I'm still going to be sweet. I'm going to be so sweet that if you hang out with me too long, you might get a cavity. But this morning, what in your life has become bitter? What situation is bitter to you? You know, as I listen to the news and as I talk with people and I look on social media, it's very clear there's a lot of bitterness in our world. There's a lot of bitterness going on with people right now. Everywhere you turn, everywhere you look. There's someone who just seems to have to say something, and when it comes out of their mouth, it's like the juice from a lemon. It's really bitter. What in your life is bitter right now? Some people are bitter in a relationship. There's a relationship with someone and there's bitterness going on. Some people, there's, it's, it may be a whole group of people that you're bitter at. That you're, you, you just think about them and your face will just wrinkle up. And we hope that it don't freeze that way. There's organizations or businesses or, or, or government that you may just be bitter at in some form or fashion. We must be careful with that. Here's the context of what's going on here in Exodus. Just uh, last week, we talked about how they crossed the Red Sea and the Lord was fighting for them and the Lord delivered them and they came through the Red Sea. And it was a glorious time. And as a matter of fact, as you begin reading chapter 16, you'll find out that on day one of that deliverance, they were singing a song. The Lord is fighting for me. It's called the Song of Moses. We just sang a song of Moses this morning. But... That is a song in chapter 15 where they're singing this song and praising God. And man, man, we're victorious. How great it is. Woo, we are in this. Man, this thing is going great. Day two, they're in the wilderness. And the kids start asking the parents, are we there yet? And then by day three, we come across this situation. Only three days removed from the Red Sea parting, three days removed from them walking across on dry ground, three days removed from the mighty hand of God fighting for them and them never having to see the Egyptians again, we're going to pick up in verse 22. Then Moses led Israel from the Red Sea and they went out into the wilderness of Shur and they went three days in the wilderness and found no water. Listen to me. God is going to take us through a process. When we accept Jesus Christ, there is a process that begins in our life called sanctification. We are then growing to be more like Jesus. There is a process that happens and God is at the helm of this process. Here, God leads Moses to lead the children of Israel into this wilderness and I don't know about you, but sometimes I have felt like I was in a wilderness. Jesus was led into the wilderness to be tempted. A wilderness doesn't mean it's not God's will and it's not God's hand. A wilderness could very well be where God wants you to be. Because here's the first thing I want you to know about this today. Is that following God's direction can reveal a need that we have. Following God's direction can reveal a need that we have in our life. 
Read with me, verses 22 through 24. Then Moses led Israel from the Red Sea, and they went out into the wilderness of Shur, and they went three days in the wilderness and found no water. When they came to Morah, they could not drink the waters of Morah, for they were bitter, salty. They were just nasty, undrinkable. Therefore, it was named Morah, which means bitter. So the people grumbled at Moses saying, what shall we drink? See, God led them out into a wilderness so that they would get to a point where they found that they had a need. This isn't new for God. Think back to the Garden of Eden in the very beginning. God created the heavens and the earth. God made man. And God said to man, gave him a job. Listen, I've said this before. Girls, if you meet a man and he does not have a job, mark him off your list. He ain't ready for you. Somebody say amen on that one now. It's, it's in the Bible. Adam had a job and a responsibility before he got Eve. So men, step it up. So, I see, see that. Wow, that's good to know, isn't it? Now, here is Adam. He's given a responsibility. He's given a responsibility to name the animals. Why was Adam given a responsibility to name the animals? Did the animals really need to have a name? Couldn't God have given them names? Of course he could. He had gave Adam a responsibility so that as he named the animals, he would realize, wait a minute, there's a Mr. and Mrs. Elephant and a Mr. and Mrs. Giraffe. There's a Mr. and Mrs. Dog but there's only a Mr. Me. He realizes and discovers he has a need. God will lead us on a journey sometime so that we will get to a place where we have a need. Some only want God to interfere in their lives when things go bad. When things are not exactly up to par and when there's a need, you want God to show up, but the rest of the time you want to run the show. You want to direct the direction. You want to go in the ways that you want to go. But God wants us to follow His path, and sometimes He will lead us to a place where we've got a dire need, and we're at the bottom of the bucket. We're scraping the bottom of the bucket. See, when we have a need, then something can happen that will not happen before that. Our spiritual eyes can be opened. The second thing is that the need we have can reveal our problem. The need that we have that we discover on the journey can reveal the problem that we have. I want us to really look at this for a moment because when we read this at first, and, and you, you may have questions going, well, what in the world is this all about? Why are they experiencing this? Why would, why would Moses take them to a place where the water is bitter? Especially as we read because they, they eventually go on to some, some, uh, a place where there's plenty of water and there's plenty of shade. But for some reason, they stop here. Why is that? I believe it is because God is trying to open their eyes and their heart to a problem that they have, and it's greater than being thirsty. See, sometimes we think the problem is just what we can see in front of us, or the shortness we have in paying our bills, or the worry that we have over uh, something physical or something going on, or the worry we have about the coronavirus, when God is wanting us to just simply look beyond the need to see the problem. See, God led them to this water because He wanted to reveal to them something that was 
going to be a theme as we continue going on this journey. When they came to this water, the wa- how many of you just love the taste of water? I, I see some hands who love the taste of water. How many of you like to put something in your water? I per- personally prefer strawberries. Anybody like strawberries in your water? Not many of you. How about lemon? You like lemon in your water? I mean, you like to add a little something to your water to give it some flavor. Well, this water wasn't like normal water. Good, clean, clear water has no taste, but it's very refreshing. But this water was bitter or salty. Let me tell you, do not drink the water from the ocean. Do you know what happens if you drink the water from the ocean? Anybody know what happens if you just make the water? Yes, Drew, well, what is it? What happens? You get thirstier, and eventually, you know what happens to you? You will die drinking the water out of the ocean. That's why if you ever get stranded, here's here's a tidbit for you. If something ever happens and you're stranded out at the ocean, don't drink the water. It will make you sick, and you'll eventually die because of that salt content that's in it. It's dangerous. It's deadly. It will mess you up. This water was kind of this way. It was sour to the taste. It was salty. It just wasn't... it. This was bad water. It was water that would kill you. So they come across this, and it's bitter. And look in verse 24 at what they do. What do the children of Israel do? Well, I guess we just need to get another plan. Moses, have you got together your your committee to decide what we're going to do in this situation to discover the better path to take? Is that what they did? Did they go, Moses, I know you're trying, brother. I'm proud of you. You're trying hard. But we've just taken a wrong turn. We've wound up here at, at the water. Moses, we're behind you. We, we love you. We're lifting you up. Is that what they did in verse 24? What did they do? What was their response? They had a need. They were thirsty, right? So verse 24, Mo, so the people grumbled at Moses. Let me tell you, what comes out of your mouth is a reflection of what's going on inside of your heart. Jesus said that. Jesus made it clear that it's out of the abundance of the heart the mouth speaks. These children of Israel, they had been enslaved, they had seen God work, but we can see God work and do a great work in our life, but yet we can still open our mouth and grumble, complain, and be bitter. Because just because God does a miracle doesn't mean that our journey is complete and we're perfect. I mean, because none of us are perfect. I know it's hard to be humble when you're perfect in every way. But I don't know of anybody in here who would admit that you're perfect. I mean, some of you get better looking every day. But that don't mean you're perfect. But here we see these children of Israel, they open their mouth, reveal their heart, and it says they grumbled, they grumbled at Moses. And they said, what shall we drink? They didn't say it in a nice way. They said it kind of sarcastically. That would be the grumbling part. Well, what shall we drink, Moses? Lead us out here. Don't you know what you're doing? Some leader you are. Just grumbling. But the grumbling's not the problem, it's the heart that's the issue. The the bitterness just revealed that there was a greater need. And that was a heart change. And so, let's see what happens here. 
So the people grumbled at Moses, saying, What shall we drink? Then he, then he, being Moses, cried out to the Lord. He cried out to the Lord. And the Lord showed him a tree, and he threw it into the waters, and the waters became sweet. See, the third thing is this. See, we can have a need and that, that God will lead us to a point where we have a need in our life. And that need can reveal that we have a problem. And then with that, our problem can be made sweet through Christ and through God working. Now, I have this lemon here and I stuck it in my mouth a while ago. And let me tell you, in, in, in case you think I was acting, I was not acting. This, that big of a chunk of a lemon is just flat out, can I just say it, nasty. That was just bitter. And Is there any way to make this lemon sweet? What do you think? Soak it in sugar. So if you soak it in sugar, this lemon becomes sweet. Does the lemon become sweet or is it just the flavor that becomes sweet? It's the flavor. The sugar overrides the bitterness, right? Did you know, I did some research to try to figure this out. Did you know there's actually no real way to turn bitter to sweet? The only thing we can do is take our taste buds and make them think something is sweet that's actually bitter. That is very interesting, isn't it? Now, there are, there are some things that you can, you can put on your tongue that will take away the sweetness, but there's nothing that will actually change bitterness into sweetness. Now, here's the interesting thing. When I look at this passage, I don't see God masking the bitterness. I don't see God hiding the bitterness. He's not overriding the bitterness. It says that the waters became sweet. See, what we like to do is we like to mask the stuff in our life and cover it up with enough sugar. But yet, we still have that heart problem. We still have that issue down deep inside where we're going to grumble and complain and we're going to have issues. When if we would just simply let God take the bitterness and turn it into sweetness, because that's what Jesus did. That's what He does. There is a really interesting parallel here. When I think about this story of these children of Israel coming across this place of water and it's really bitter, and that bitterness can lead to death. It makes people grumble. And they make them fight amongst themselves and, and say things they really don't really should be saying. And yet, the Lord shows Moses what? A tree. Did the Lord show Moses a flower? No. Did the Lord show Moses a bush? There was a burning bush when his, his journey and his mission began. But the Lord right here shows him a tree. And then Moses takes that tree and applies it to the bitterness. And the bitterness goes away and it becomes sweet. There's a bitterness in our life and it's called sin. 
it will lead to death and we will die separated from God and not spend eternity in heaven, but spend an eternity in hell. But thanks be unto God, there was a tree that we refer to that is the cross of Christ that when it is applied to, that blood and that cross is applied to the bitterness of sin, it is made sweet, our lives is made sweet through the blessings of grace. See, this is a foreshadowing of these people of Israel who are going to be, as we continue and we'll, we'll see, they're going to keep grumbling and complaining. God will do great things and they'll be happy, happy, happy. Then they'll grumble and complain again. Then they'll, God will do some great things and they'll be happy, happy, happy. Then they'll grumble and complain again. Let me tell you, when Jesus applies the cross of Christ to our life and the blood of Jesus is applied to the bitterness of sin, we are made alive to Him. We are no longer slaves to sin, but we're set free. The cross can bring sweetness, but there's a sweet hope. A sweet hope in this that I need you to get a hold of, and that is that bitterness becomes sweetness. Bitterness becomes sweetness after obedience to God. After obedience to God, the bitterness becomes sweetness. The obedience begins with understanding that God has said, Come. All. Jesus died for everyone. No matter the sin, no matter the weight, He died for us all. And we must obey the call that He has, which is simply to come. Not to get fixed up, dressed up, not to look good, not, not to get things straightened out in your life, not to, to pay the bills, but just simply come. When we obey that, we receive the grace of God and the bitterness of our life is made sweet. God not only takes away the bitterness and gives sweetness in its place, but He turns the bitterness itself into sweetness. This is what God did here. Charles Spurgeon said that, and he's so right. No sin is so great, no bitterness is so deep, that God's grace cannot transform your heart. I don't know what you might be bitter about, what the bitterness is in your life. It's just something that might be a little sour, something that may be just eating at you, that just makes you just wrinkle up your face when you think about it. You want to know if you've got something? Is there something in your life that whenever it's brought up or something happens, you go, oh, could there be some bitterness there? So, what I want us to do is to continue to read. Verse 25, Then he cried out to the Lord, and the Lord showed him a tree, and he threw it into the waters, and the waters became sweet. The waters became sweet after Moses obeyed and put that tree into the water. Then there was some sweetness that came. Verse, let's continue to read. Verse 25, There he made for them a statue and regulation, and there he tested them. And he said, If you will give earnest heed to the voice of the Lord, your God, again, obedience. You follow God and do what is right in His sight and give ear to His commandments and keep all His statutes. Now, this, this isn't about being perfect. This is just simply about putting God at first place. Him being the priority. You running after Him. Then God says, then He says, I will put none of the diseases on you which I have put on the Egyptians. I mean, that's a pretty good medical plan right there, I think. God just simply says, put me first. And I'm going to keep you healthy. And then he says something that's powerful. For I, the Lord, am your healer. God reveals another one of his names. And every name of God reveals his character. This is Jehovah Rapha. 
the healer. Lord, the healer. Today, I don't know what your bitterness may be. I don't know what's going on down deep in your heart. But can I tell you, there is a healer and it is the Lord who can help you with it. I can always tell if there's something going on with me by the way I respond and react to things. For instance, one day when I was sitting at a red light, I was in a little Toyota Matrix. And let me tell you, those things are just filled with power. I mean, they are like a racehorse. This little four-cylinder Toyota Matrix stick shift. I'm sitting at this red light. And I just miss it for a second. This guy behind me starts honking his horn. And he, he's swerving around me. And you know what I did? I raced my engine. Ring! You know, and just, you know, like that was really going to do something. That little four-cylinder four matrix, you know. Whoo, I scared him. <laughs> but guess who's sitting next to me? My son. And he simply asked, Dad, why'd you do that? Uh-oh. <laughs> Uh-oh. How we respond to things will reveal our hearts. These people responded to being in a situation where they had a need that revealed they had some bitterness. They had some complaining spirits. They had some issues in their life. There were some things going on that they just didn't like. They didn't like this water. Anybody here really like the coronavirus and just love these masks? I mean, anybody here just love these masks? I don't see anybody raising their hand. I'm sure there's nobody watching online who just loves these masks. We don't like these masks. I don't like the masks. There's some people that can't wear them medically. Can I tell you something? I'm not going to complain about it. Because if I complain, what does that say about my heart? I'd like to. I'd like to complain. But I don't think that's right for what the Lord wants me to do. He wants to be my healer. And when things upset me, I must take a step back and under, begin to ask myself, what's going on? God, what still needs to be fixed? Every time something happens like that, you know what I hate? It means something else needs to be fixed with me. I prefer to be perfect in every way. But here we see, these people encountered God in a new way. He revealed to them a need, gave them a need, and they found out they had a deeper problem. And then the Moses cries out to the Lord. He gets a direction. He obeys. And the bitterness becomes sweet. And the people benefit from Moses' obedience. Let me tell you, all the world does not have to be saved for the coronavirus to go away. All the world does not have to humble themselves and seek God's face and turn from their wicked ways before the coronavirus will go away. You want to know who needs to do that? God's people. If my people who are called by my name would humble themselves and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will heal, hear from heaven and I will what? Heal their land. God's got some work to do in us. God's got some work that we need to let Him do. You know, let's read, read on 
Verse 26, And he said, If you will give earnest heed to the voice of the Lord your God and do what is right in His sight and give ear to His commandments and keep all His statutes, I will put none of the diseases on you which I have put on the Egyptians. For I, the Lord, am your healer, Jehovah Rapha. Then they came to Elam, where there were twelve springs of water and seventy date palms, and they camped there beside the waters. Now why did they just not go there first? Why did they not go where there was 12 springs and these palm trees, 70 palm springs, so, uh, to, to give them shade? Because they have been in a desert. And you know what you can't find in the desert? Shade. But here, after they go through this process, God gives them a blessing. And they find shade, and they find clean water, and plenty of it. So sometimes in our life, God's going to take us through a process to reveal something He needs to do in our life. But it's God's hand working. Knowing that there's something better to come. The prodigal son, he went out, spent his money on lavish living. Found himself one day sitting in a stall looking at what he just fed the hogs. And he said, man, that looks good. He looked at the slop and said, man, that looks appealing. And then, according to Luke chapter 15, he came to his senses. He realized something. He thought, man, in my father's house, even the servants are treated well. I'll go back to my father's house and I'll confess that I have sinned. And then he can just use me as a servant. But we know the story. When he gets there, he's not treated as an outcast. The father runs to him, does a great big feast, and celebrates his son coming home. Today, do not let bitterness keep you away. Maybe the Holy Spirit just told me to say this to someone. Your bitterness toward God does not remove his presence in your life. And your need for him. We can be bitter all we want, but it does not change the need we have for God in our life. What do we do? What must we do? Well, the first thing is this. We need to seek the Lord for direction. Just like Moses did, it says in verse 25, Then he cried out to the Lord. If we are experiencing some stuff in our life that's making us bitter, and it's pretty easy to do that right now in, in, in the environment we're in, seek the Lord for a direction. Not just any direction, but a direction to deal with that that is messing you up. Because let me tell you, there's a lot of bitterness going on in this world right now that is being exasperated by the enemy Satan so that he can drive people apart. God is not the author of confusion. But we can be used as a pawn of the devil to bring about that confusion. So we, whenever this stuff comes up and we realize it, let's seek the Lord for a direction on how, how can we get rid of this? How can we deal with this? What do we need to do? Second thing, obey is directing. It's pretty simple, isn't it? Seek God for a direction, and when He gives you a direction, just obey it. Moses did. Moses didn't, uh, it's not recorded here where Moses went, are you sure it's that tree? I would like to use this one over here. It's a whole lot closer to the water. Can I use this one? I mean, it, it smells better. There was no reasoning. There was no, are you sure, Lord? I, I tell you what, God, when I wake up in the morning, if this tree has a bird in it, then I know it's from you and I'll put it in the water. Moses didn't do that. 
when God showed him the tree, he threw it into the water. He didn't dip it, he threw it. And the bitterness became sweet. That is a miracle because scientifically in 2020, according to what I found, you cannot make bitter sweet. You can only mask it with something. God don't want to mask your bitterness. He wants to make it sweetness. He wants to do something great with it in your life. He wants to make you more like Jesus Christ. He wants to work inside of you and do something you never imagined. So if you think you have to live the rest of your life with some kind of bitterness or, or hurt or pain, let me tell you, God can take that and make it sweetness. Paul had a thorn in his flesh. But even himself, he declared that it is through this thorn in the flesh that I proclaim God. Because in my weakness, He gets more glory. God can take whatever that bitterness is in your life and make it sweet. The Lord's simple request is simply to obey His directing. D.L. Moody said, There will be no peace in any soul until it is willing to obey the voice of God. Until we obey God's voice, we will never find peace in our souls. As Gina comes to play, just for a moment, over the next seven days, let me issue you this challenge. Each week we do a seven-day challenge, and here we are this week. Here's a seven-day challenge for those of you who want to Take it and run with it. It's not going to be easy. Because sometimes we think, oh, I'm good. I'm all right. There ain't nothing bitter in my life. All right. There could quite possibly be that you've hidden so deep and it's affected you in such a way that you're not even aware of it. So I just encourage you this week to take this challenge. Every day this week, Ask God to show you if there is any issue that needs to be surrendered and made sweet in your life. For the next seven days, just in your morning time, whenever you pray, just ask God, God, show me if there's something in my life that I need to surrender to you so that you can make it sweet. Is there something bitter in my life? That needs to be healed. Maybe right now you have already been thinking God's been working in your life and you've already had an idea of a place that you need some healing. Now's a great time to surrender to the Lord and give it to Him. Everybody bow your head and close your eyes right now. Even if you're watching online, just go ahead and just close your eyes right now. If you need healing, any kind of healing, whether it's physical, mental, emotional, if there's bitterness inside of you, if you feel something's welling up inside of you, you don't even know what it is, but there's just been something going on and you want to be healed from it, would you just slip up your hand and say, Lord, I need you to be my healer. I want you to heal me, Lord. I see those hands. Father, it is only through you that we can find sweetness out of bitterness. That you can take what is wrong and make it right. Lord, right now, with all those with their hands uplifted, Father, I pray that you will be their Jehovah Rapha and you'll bring healing into their life. 
that you'll bring wholeness into their life. You'll bring peace into their life. Lord, lead them through a process that they may change and be more like Jesus. Father, we pray for your power and your strength, for by your stripes we are healed. Not simply just the freedom from sin, but from the sin that has occurred in our life, that you can heal us from its effects. So Lord, we pray right now that you will heal. Lord, for the one who does not know you, that's never made that decision, and simply obeyed by coming and saying, God, you got this. Forgive me and take over my life. You've got this. I no longer can do it. Lord, may right now be the time that they ask you to forgive them and take over their life. Right now, Father, heal and change lives. With every head bowed and every eye closed, do business with God right now where you are. In this room, in this moment, do not let this second pass without doing business with God. God's people said, 